You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome, everyone, to RB1 Colon of Fantasy a Football a Podcast, part of the Fate TV Podcast channel. I am the consummate professional, worshiper of Nikhil Harry, constant doubter of Alvin Kamara, and would draft Terry McLaurin over Amari Cooper 10 times out of five, your humble host, Pete Rogers. And I am joined by some of the guys. We have the Duck Father, recovering Texans fan, and will draft got Josh Gordon in the fifth round, regardless if he's on a team, resident old man Clark Barnes. And El Saboteur, proud father Quentin Nelson, Scotty Miller fanboy, the coach whisperer, the wine zipperer, the Will Disleyer, working girl Jordan Smith. Guys, how are we doing today? Doing great, Pete. Great, Pete. How are you? I am doing well. Uh, it feels weird to like be on the cusp of actual like football, like like all of the fantasy conversations that we've had up until this point. Now we start like clicking into an actual schedule where it's like talking about rankings, talking about starts and sits, figuring out your lineup, doing some stinker tinkers, like that kind of stuff, man. It's weird that this is uh, all coming right now. Yeah, and I'll use that to segue into my uh, hopefully one preachy moment of the podcast. So uh, drafts are over. And so it is really good to remember, it does not matter what you paid for that person or what someone else paid for that person. That is all in the past. So uh, don't get hung up on someone who you drafted really high and you feel like you should start if they're not performing. And uh, when someone makes you a trade offer and says, I drafted this guy in the second round, you took him in the fourth. None of that matters anymore. We're on to real football. It's all about production. Be Bill Belichick. When Mohamed Sanu, when you traded a second round pick for Mohamed Sanu and he gave you absolutely nothing, you cut his ass. And you yeah, deal with the consequences. Uh, I had a buddy ask, you know, one of my least favorite moves, ask, is so-and-so available? Well, what would you want? I really hate that. If you want someone, you should make an offer, even if it's a shitty offer. It at least gets the conversation going. Especially, yeah, yeah. I totally agree with that. Because a lot of times I'll just put players up on trade block or, like, be willing to trade them just for shits and giggles to kind of see what people are, are vibing about that person and what you can kind of get back in return. And if someone's just like, well, what do you want for the person? Then I'm like, all right, I don't want anything. He's off. Deal with it. He's not yeah. available anymore. He's not available exactly. anymore because you asked a stupid question. Yeah. If I get a trade offer and they try to lowball me, I usually send back like this is the absolute like highest offer that I might that I want for him. So kind of get closer mm. to that positioning rather than your your low ball, like below market offer. Yeah. That's a that's a nice way to respond. I I like the like here's what the max offer would be cuz then it could just be like, "Oh yeah, that's fair and reasonable." And you're like, "Sick." <laughs> that worked out perfectly. Or there or it gives them at least a more more in a realm of what you're contemplating for the uh for this actual move. It might scare them away, but sometimes if they're committed to actually getting the player that they want to trade for, they 
you know, put some more draft capital behind their offer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now it's time. Now all of this is true. Like all of this fantasy advice is time to be taken to heart people because, uh, Shit's about to get real. And we don't have anything. We're just going to cover news for this episode. We are uh, obviously got our Thursday show coming, and that's going to be starts and sits. And we're going to start getting into the swing of things uh, in terms of in terms of our, our usual season uh, schedule. But we figured today, nothing really going on. And we're going to just cover some news before, uh, before the NFL season gets full swing. So uh, let's get right into it. And we'll start... Literally 20 minutes after we finished recording our uh, Thursday show, which we record on Wednesday night, uh, and we talked all about possible Leonard, Leonard Fournette landing spots, he then signs with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, and instantly kind of adds to the chaos that is the Bucks' backfield in terms of just who's going to get what, what is anyone's role. It's, it's hard to decipher. Is it worth deciphering, Clark? Is it worth uh, trying to find what piece of this backfield to buy in fantasy? Or is it a, a wait-and-see moment? So, I mean, it, well, hopefully your draft is behind you, and so we That's are true. in a wait-and-see moment. Uh, I, I think a lot of people are giving Bruce Arians uh, a lot of crap for being dishonest, and I think they're mistaking uh, being honest in the moment and then changing your mind. I think it's very obvious what's going to happen with this backfield is Ronald Jones is going to get the opportunity to be the RB one. And I think that Leonard Fournette is just a beard hair better than Ronald Jones. And so I think eventually Leonard Fournette is going to take over the majority of the backfield and that someone in this Tampa Bay backfield is going to be incredibly productive. The consternation and frustration of the new england backfield has followed tom brady to tampa bay and that is how i am treating this good luck picking who it is but if you do get lucky it's gonna be they're gonna be some really easy fall into the fall into the end zone touchdowns here yeah what followed uh the leonard fournette signing i don't know if there's any sort of like cross listening here right now but fans of the watch will know chris ryan likes to talk about director bullshit and uh, sorry for the bleep, but director BS is when an, a director is making a movie and he's like, yeah, this is going to be like heat crossed with Kramer versus Kramer crossed with like <laughs> Deep whatever. Love actually. <laughs> but it's, it's all just BS. They're all making movie, similar formula, whatever. And this is just coach BS. It's coach bullshit because he's like, oh, Rojo is our guy referring to Ronald Jones. We still signed Leonard Fournette. We don't know what's going to happen here. Um, this whole backfield is confusing. It's a mess. I had a redraft um, draft this weekend, actually, and I considered grabbing Leonard Fournette. I think he fell to like the fifth round, but I was like, mm, I'm still going to pass. Like, I still am not like 100% certain that he's going to get any sort of carries right away because he's just getting there. He has a lot to learn. Um, if they're going to stick true to their word or if Bruce Arian is just the king of coach BS, which he kind of has been. And it's making me worried about my Scotty Miller stock right now. (laughs) (laughs) Scotty Filler man, Scotty Filler man, boy, there it is. That's the Scotty (laughs) Miller fanboy is, uh, is, uh, is nervous. Uh, I think also Clark, you taking into consideration, literally what you just said to open the show. I feel like people were really quick to, jump on Leonard Fournette passing Rojo as like the incumbent back there. But Leonard Fournette hasn't been, 
he has not been what you would expect of a first round eighth overall fourth overall excuse me running back in since he's entered the league and so I think I I don't know if you can I don't know if it's as clear cut as like Leonard Fournette just signed oh Rojo's getting nothing and Fournette is now the back to get in the Bucks backfield I would I if I were the if I were like if I could pick between any of the three uh and Keyshawn Keyshawn Vaughn is somewhere in there I mean personally I'd rather have Keyshawn Vaughn I had had such high hopes and aspirations for him but now those are tumbling along next to my Devin Funches hype train but anyways uh I just I think Ronald Jones is still going to be the back in Tampa at least to start the season that you want. Maybe Leonard Fournette passes him, but I also totally see a world where Leonard Fournette doesn't pass him. Yeah, Ronald Jones came into the league very young and was picked a lot higher than a lot of smart uh, a lot of smart draft people who I think are very smart draft people thought he should be drafted. So expectations were set really high for a kind of one dimensional extremely young running back I, what was the quote he's like two months older than Keyshawn Vaughn and he was like this kid's got some talent or something <laughs> like that anyway so he came into the league young uh didn't take it seriously by all accounts in his first year had a, an okay second year but now he's kind of the age that most players come into the NFL had a couple of disappointing seasons Leonard Fournette was drafted four overall uh, by a coach who loves players who will run headfirst into the line. And Leonard, Leonard Fournette's that kind of guy. He runs really hard, and he plays about 11 games a year. And he's not incredibly dynamic, so this is really going to be, I think, a toss-up between these two guys. If Ronald Jones takes another step forward, this is going to be kind of an afterthought, and everybody who's picking up Ronald Jones in the ninth round is going to be able to thump their chest and talk about how smart they are. Uh, if Leonard Fournette gets 800 carries and 14 touchdowns, a la LeGarrette Blunt, well, then everyone who loved Leonard Fournette's volume in Jacksonville is going to say, see, we knew he was good. So, I don't know. It's, it's a toss-up. I think aiming for Leonard Fournette to come off of waivers in a couple of weeks is probably going to be the most savvy move to be made. Moving on in the news, we have another veteran back who found his uh, new place. Adrian Peterson was maybe a surprise release by the Washington football team. Uh, Adam Schefter certainly liked to say another surprise release, which um, I don't know. Was it surprising? But anywho, AP was a free agent for a hot second, and then he quickly signed with the Detroit Lions. So he's going back to the NFC North. We've talked about this Lions backfield, or at least I have, in terms of the fact that I wanted to stay away. I don't think that the addition of Adrian Peterson has changed my mind, but uh, Jordan, what's your feelings on this? Um, Big picture, I think, just uh, listening to the quote of the Adam Schefter tweet that this was a big surprise makes me think that with the actual lack of offseason cuts that people are going more for consistency this year than to uh, get a little bit of extra cap space uh, because we didn't have a lot of big cuts. Usually there is one or two guys that are like, whoa, he's available. Um, but Adrian Peterson shouldn't be that big of a surprise. Because it's like a 35-year-old is... running back. I, I, I don't yeah. really know why Schefter was all surprised that uh, – I mean, he looked good last year, but for the, a team that has no aspirations of doing anything close to success, I feel like it was not a, a terrible move. Continue, Jordan. My apologies. Uh, it's it's a surprise in that it leaves them with a uh, rookie Antonio Gibson, who I actually did some studying on and I really like now. Um, and then Bryce Love, who yes. may or may not have a bionic knee that remains to be seen. So that just doesn't leave them with a lot of depth. Um, it just 
also further muddies the Detroit Lions backfield, which I think we all kind of decided we weren't going to take a piece of in the NFC North pod anyway, because Kerryon Johnson, DeAndre Swift, now Adrian Peterson, who knows, this one might be just as messy, if not more, than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers backfield right now. Yeah, it was already an easy situation to avoid, and I think uh, Adrian Peterson is kind of the quintessential, no, Matt Patricia is definitely going to use that person and and like that person type of back. Uh, It does make me a little bit more excited about folks who are paying attention and pick up Antonio Gibson. I had a draft this weekend, and like in the seventh round, I was like, this feels like the most I'm an analyst pick ever. I'm going to take <laughs> Antonio Gibson because I picked Patrick Mahomes in the second round. So, see, so yeah, Jordan, it, it feels good to know that you like him. I just know that he plays football for the Washington football team. That's the extent of my Antonio Gibson take. I, I felt like I had to look into him and I had to grab some stock because I every year there just seems to be a guy where everybody else is like in on and I'm like, ah, I don't know. I haven't like looked into it and maybe it's just too overhyped. He is on Washington so who knows how that's going to pan out but I'm just like screw it I need some stock he's my third running back no big deal yeah uh I I discovered that I had like drafted him in the last round of a dynasty league I was in and I was like oh well this is nice to just have a pleasant little Antonio Gibson surprise waiting on my team as his stock just ascends through the stratosphere I don't necessarily think I've seen him going like kind of stupidly high and I don't necessarily know I'm buying that much, but I do think that like he is now the incumbent starter presumably in Washington's offense. And it's an offense that we've spent a lot of time talking about in that there's really nothing there outside of Terry McLaurin. So there's endless possibilities for a guy like Gibson, who is both a, obviously a running back who can run, but can also is a very talented pass catcher out of the backfield. Um, and you know, I, I mean, connecting dots last running back Ron Rivera had that could do both was Christian McCaffrey is Antonio Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I mean, I, I would say, yes, I'd say Antonio. you heard it here first is Christian McCaffrey. So, uh, drafted as such your one-on-one pick should be between Christian McCaffrey or Antonio Gibson is what I'm saying. Not Barkley or Elliot. Um, no, they're I, I, way I, down there. I will say that like the first clip that I watched of Antonio Gibson was all of his plays against. I think Houston last year and the first like 10 to 12, he was lined up in the slot rather than taking a carry. So that's what kind of uh, sparked my interest a little bit there. Give me all those PPR points. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just to uh, take a victory lap before things even get started here. (laughs) I was really irritated at everybody just, not understanding zero RB at all and deciding that zero RB was dead and a stupid strategy. Well, here we are on the eve of the season and there's an awful lot of running back value, super late in drafts. And there's a lot of really smart people out there sitting with like Michael Thomas, Julio Jones and Juju Smith Schuster as their first three players drafted. There's going to be plenty of running backs to pick up off the waiver wire. Like there always are. And so I just wanted to have a second preachy moment on the pod. I also do think this is, this is not a news bulletin, but I feel like people totally off tangent. I feel like people way too quickly soured on Philip Lindsay. I feel like the Denver's backfield is going to be a lot more split than people thought. And Philip Lindsay going in like whatever the 10th, 12th round is going to be a, a bargain. 
So football guy Cecil Lamy, who is all over the Denver Broncos situation all the time. He has brought us so many hits throughout the years on Denver. Said he is baffled that Melvin Gordon is going so high and that Philip Lindsay is going so low. Uh, so I, I've picked up Lindsay in later rounds just because he covers the team and he also is a huge fantasy nerd and he's been right about tons of stuff in the past. Also, Jerry Judy, heads up, Jerry Judy, apparently, yeah. Cecil Lammy shout out. Yes. And we talked about this too on the AFC West pod is that like Melvin Gordon, when he came back, yeah, he kind of put up some fantasy points, but also he just was clearly not better than Austin Eckler. Um, Austin Eckler was just able to do a lot more. So it's like, is Melvin Gordon really going to hop in in Denver and be like the guy to take over? It's not like he's working with an all-star star offensive line or even as good of a QB as Philip Rivers. Sorry, yeah. heads. No, I think it's, I'm, I, th- I think, uh, I think that situation could play out a lot, a lot more different than uh, people were expecting. Moving on in the running back news, I guess this is like nicely broken into running back and then wide receivers. Well done. Whoever did these notes. Yours truly. Well done me. Pat on the old back. Uh, Damien Harris, the Patriots placed on IR. He's set to miss the first couple of weeks with a, I think a wrist or a hand injury. Only reason I'm bringing this up is because Damien Harris had a great camp and was a, a kind of sexy sleeper for those in the know, you know those analysts out there clark you know doing those fantasy drafts uh and now he's out which means i don't know expect more rex burkhead question mark who knows what this patriots offense is going to look like so this is my fault after telling myself (laughs) again this year that i wasn't gonna bother with the new england backfield there I was in the 10th round and thought damian harris or sony michelle why not damian harris and i doomed him to injured reserve and i should have done what i knew i should have done which is just avoid this whole mess again sorry everyone oh clark ruining it for everyone the double verse chutzpah comes back to bite him james washington sorry james washington james white should still have a pretty good season james white you know the last running back that uh cam newton used to play with who could run the ball and catch passes out the backfield christian mccaffrey is james white christian mccaffrey i mean is he Antonio Gibson? Is he Antonio Gibson? First. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he's the best of those three. Who knows? Uh, there's a lot, a lot up in the air in Pete's new running back ranking. Christian McCaffrey, 101. Antonio Gibson, 102. James White, 103. Uh, wrapping up running back news, Lamar Miller is visiting the Bills, and Devontae Freeman visited the Jags but didn't get a deal done. Uh, so two veteran backs on the market. The Patriots seem a little silly now in my book, at least from cutting Lamar Miller, given the fact that they don't have Damian Harris, but you know, who is to say I'm wrong. Uh, Lamar Miller going to Buffalo though. We talked about this as a possible four net destination. Uh, again, we've, we spent time on this Buffalo's backfield. This, uh, just talking about Devin Singletary and Zach Moss and, uh, and adding Lamar Miller, I would not be a fan of. I do have some Zach Moss in some of my leagues, and I'm kind of stoked for him to uh, be a lot more productive than people maybe are, are just the general masses, the, uh, the plebeians who are out there who aren't analysts like us uh, are expecting of him. So I would not be a fan if Lamar Miller decided to go to Buffalo. Not like it. Yeah, I, I need all the, like, back rumors or if they bring people in in buffalo i need that to just stop you guys have 
you guys have a good amount of running backs. No need to sour this Zach Moss stock any further. Just, just let it ride out. What I do love is the fact that Miles Sanders has been nursing a hamstring injury for the better part of most of camp and the Eagles have yet to bring in any of these veteran backs. So clearly Philly is like, we are riding or dying with Miles uh, Sanders, which is good because many of my fantasy teams are riding or dying with Miles Sanders. Well, and Boston Scott showed a lot last year. Uh, when teams are bringing in these veteran guys late, it makes me really nervous about what the coaches feel about their entire depth. Uh, so mm-hmm. not looking good if the Bills make a signing, uh, but making us making Eagles fans, real football Eagles fans, probably feel better about real football Eagles running back situation. Yep. Bing pot. The Jags um, bringing in Devontae Freeman. I actually just got a notification that said James Robinson would be the starting back there. Um, so De- Devine Zigbo uh, looks to be more like a handcuff now. Oh, yeah. Jaguars How about Devontae Freeman Robinson? just turning down jobs yeah, right Devontae before Freeman. the season job? In, interesting maneuver. Uh, if you want to come onto the pod, Devontae, and talk about your kind of like general strategy for finding what you would look for in a team, we'd love to have you. Like we're, we're a great platform. A lot of NFL coaches listen to us. And so I think mm-hmm. you getting out there uh, as kind of what exactly you're looking for from a team would go a long way in terms of like landing an actual job for the uh, NFL season this year. So. He's waiting to see how the 49ers camp shakes out. <laughs> I don't hate it. Last time, last time Kyle Shannon had a running back with Devonta Freeman. It was Devonta Freeman worked pretty well. So, uh, and Devonta Freeman next to Devonta <laughs> Freeman. yeah, let's just rebuild the Falcons backfield, uh, in San Francisco. All right. Before we talk about some wide receiver news, we're going to take a quick ad break. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, as we make our way through the NFL news, time to talk some wide receivers. And Clark, boy, I know you were you were hoping that he would go somewhere else, but he's staying in the NFC West. Your boy Josh Gordon re-signed with the Seattle Seahawks uh, so that when he is hopefully reinstated, which I think I, don't, I didn't see an update as to whether or not he actually has been reinstated, but he is currently in the process. Last time I checked, was uh, applying for reinstatement from the commish. But he would be the third wide receiver for the Seattle Seahawks. How do you feel about that, Clark? I think it's good for the Seahawks and absolutely destroys any fantasy hope <laughs> for Josh Gordon. Um, interesting real football notes. Uh, we'll see if the NFL is all talk, as they usually are, about uh, race relations to see if they'll keep their systematic racist uh, marijuana laws in place longer than 
most of the country, or if they will realize, hey, this person's doing something tons of people do and maybe needs a little help instead of being fired. Uh, so that's more interested in what I'm seeing with the Josh Gordon topic. Fully agree with that. Yeah. Um, Philip Dorsett just came back to practice. I think he was having an issue with a, a foot injury. He's still in Seattle. Um, they let go or they signed and let go of Paul Richardson, like I think within the span of seven days. It, he just wasn't in the building very long as soon as the Josh Gordon news started to going, go through. That combined with um, just, I think, the way Seattle knows Josh Gordon in a situation, I, th I think they're pretty confident that he will um, come through on the other side of this, uh, of being able to play at least at some point this season. So, um, yeah, Josh Gordon. Yeah. Uh, Tyrell Williams is hitting the IR for the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. He was someone we talked to. Uh, maybe we didn't talk about it, but he had a torn labrum a while ago, and it seems like he will not be playing this year, uh, which is unfortunate. But it means that there's a lot of now opportunity for in this uh, in this Raiders passing game for, you know, I'm now maybe less worried about Darren Waller because uh, Tyrell Williams won't be there for the season uh, in terms of just like the target share getting lowered with the addition of Henry Ruggs and – I always want to say Braylon Edwards, but it's not Braylon Edwards. Brian. Brian Edwards. There you go. Thanks, Jordan. Uh, being added to the team along with Hunter Renfro. So no Tyrell Williams. I think that this is – you're still buying, obviously, Henry Ruggs, who I love. Uh, I Like I said, Darren Waller, I think now maybe is – I am at least maybe a little less worried about him. And then, obviously, we talked a lot about Hunter Renfro back in our AFC West uh, breakdown as a, as a name who, especially in PPR leagues could be a, could be a late round steal. Josh Jacobs are nothing for the Raiders for me. I but. do hope that he gets more passing game work this year. I'm, I feel like he's, I'm going to come back and uh, be disappointed in the fact that I don't have many shares of Josh Jacobs. Tyrell Williams, certainly the injury certainly hurts their depth at the receiving court, but I still think it's going to shake out relatively similar to who the top guys are being. Darren Waller, um, Edwards, um, Henry Ruggs, who we just talked about, Hunter Renfro, the guy who least looks like a professional athlete in the entire <laughs> game. Um, and they also, in like one of the weirdest moves of oh, this yeah. past week is they traded their third round pick who was supposed to be um, this like flex running back wide receiver type Lynn Bowden Jr. from Kentucky, like this wildcat guy to Miami. And I think that also opens up, as Clark was alluding to, Josh Jacobs. I think they're a little bit more confident in his pass catching ability. And I think they just swallowed a very big L with the Lynn Bowden thing. And they're just like, no, this isn't working out. He's not for us. Yeah, which and this is, is totally projecting and, and not uh, fantasy impacting, but what a change for Miami that Las Vegas trades this person to Miami and you think like, oh, that's really good that Miami's organization is pretty good now. Like Brian yeah. Flores has done, it seems like a really good job kind of turning things around in Miami. I know it's only been one year, but they tried to lose and just couldn't at the end of the year and hearing a lot of Miami players coming out and saying they just absolutely love playing there now. So how interesting that I first heard that move. I was like, that makes me interested. That <laughs> makes me interested in him now that he's going to a good organization like the Dolphins. 
the uh, first thing I thought of was like, this is some cheesy ass Madden shit where you trade a future third for like the rookie that a CPU team just drafted in order to get them onto your squad. I was, I don't has, I can't think of any time where I've heard like a rookie getting traded before the rookie even sets foot on the field. Yeah. And he wasn't even like part of a package for like a superstar or right. something like that. Who, who he was the like, deal. Yeah. He was probably the centerpiece of the deal. And they're just like, no, we're out. Which makes me worry a little bit for Miami. I don't know. Cause they haven't had him in camp. They don't know what the Raiders know in terms of like what an uh-oh, but also John Gruden could have just been playing him in a position he was just not ready for. And before people get at me, uh, Brett Favre played two games with the Falcons and had four pass attempts. So he got, did not get traded before he set foot on the field. So yeah, through two interceptions. Great start to the career there, Brett. He also was not a third round pick. He also was not a third round pick. Uh, all right. Uh, Tyra Williams was on the IR, but podcast mostly favorite Jalen Ragor avoids the IR, which is big news for the, uh, Eagles rookie wide receiver as someone who we have spent a good amount of time on this show talking about, uh, it's definitely, this is, I am excited to see what this Philly offense looks like. Nick obviously has, uh, quite the love for Deshaun Jackson and so does Clark. Thanks for keeping uh, it clean. <laughs> I kind of had like put myself into a corner there where I was like, Oh, I need to find a word that is not what I was going for. That is uh, maybe a little more appropriate anyways. Uh, so yeah, this Eagles offense will be something to like keep an eye on, especially given if a healthy Carson Wentz and everything clicks, like this could be really explosive and Jalen Rager being avoiding IR and being able to play this year is, uh, a huge plus for him and anyone who has him on their fantasy team, obviously. Yeah. It's nothing incredibly new on this take for me. The Eagles have just been absolutely cursed by injury and they're a good team with a good quarterback and a good coach. And so if they could just get a little help at wide receiver, they're going to be real thorns in the side for Cowboys fans. And that horrible NFC East might send two teams to the playoffs instead of have one get in with seven and a half wins this year. New York and the Cowboys. <laughs> just I want it the entire NFC like... East to just tie. All of them have seven and nine records and then just see what happens. Philly right now is like Chargers East, except they actually won a Super Bowl a couple of years ago. It's just like they have very high expectations generally. They have a lot of talent, but they just get bit in the worst way by these injury bugs like it's always the big guys that go down for them also and i won't be on the greatness for Alshon oh, Jeffrey. oh clark got rocked sorry we, we had bluetooth action <laughs> at, at the house uh so uh since, since i'm not going to be on the thursday start and sit show uh start deshaun jackson i'm putting him in over uh no, I moved him in front of DeAndre Hopkins. Who was it? I don't know. De- Deshaun Jackson, if I was doing ratings, would be like my number 10 wide receiver this week. So start him, him and Will Furler. While you can get them in, take advantage of the opportunity. Yeah, I am doing, I am for fake teams doing the wide receiver rankings this year. And he's currently, I currently have Deshaun Jackson 26th. Too low. Uh, okay. Top 10. I'll, I'll bump him. I'll pump him up to top 10. I have a uh, beer bet with myself that Deshaun Jackson has a top 10 week, week one. I have DJ Chargers as a wide receiver one this week. 
There's my sexy take. Anyways. I'll be or bet you, Clark, on that one. I bet Deshaun Jackson will not be a top 10. Good. Good. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I just, I'm, just, I'm really Good. excited. Good. Uh, he's playing, you know, he's playing Washington, right? Like on top of yeah. him being the only game in town. Okay. You mean if Carson Wentz N- lives. You mean NFC East, Washington football team champion? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> At you seven heard it here nine, first. Baby. It's a pod of firsts this week. Anything is Tony Gibson. Is he Patrick Any, Mahomes? Christian McCaffrey. Is he Patrick Mahomes? <laughs> Can he carry a franchise? <laughs> the answer is yes. A wholehearted yes. Um, Debo Samuel has a shot to play week one. That's the new. I hope thing. he doesn't, but that's that's really great long term news for San Francisco because, like Philadelphia, uh, they got no one. They need wide receiver help, so that'd be great. They only need one wide receiver for that system. Uh, baffling why they traded Emmanuel Sanders, but uh, Debo's good, so hopefully he can get back at least in the next couple of weeks to not hinder the Niners' start to the season. Yeah, uh, I would agree with Clark, though. I would like him to sit out a couple of weeks just to, A, make sure he's fully healed uh, for fantasy's sake, and B, because I want George Kittle as a George Kittle owner or having I haven't rostered on my team uh, to be the only game in town as the 49ers are set to play the Cardinals, who were absolutely trash against tight ends last year. Yeah, I talked about this on the NFC West pod that they had, uh, or they have, Trent Taylor, I believe his name they is. Do. I can't even remember now. Uh, Small but he white had, slot receiver. Like, very athletic. Yeah. Very shifty. He had basically the same kind of injury that Debo has right now, and they put him back out on the field, and he ended up, re-injuring himself and having to have another surgery so i would guess that they would and should be a little bit more cautious with uh a guy who has a chance to be a top receiver in the league yeah one would hope one would hope and finally to wrap up our news and the show we're gonna check in on a podcast favorite because he is someone who i feel like has gotten a lot of playtime on this show throughout uh throughout the existence of his nfl career and this podcast he is someone who we are always only hope the best for and only want to see him succeed josh rosen got cut by the miami dolphins and signed to the tampa bay buccaneers practice squad so uh bruce arians getting the quarterback of the future for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when Tom Brady retires at the end of this year after winning a Super Bowl and proving that Bill Belichick did not lead him to uh, to greatness, that he did it himself, then Josh Rosen will be able to finally step into an offense in which he is the clear-cut number one guy and doesn't have to get you know replaced by a rookie quarterback again and again and again and again. We'll see. I think it's good news for Tua down in Miami. I really hope uh, just – for the type of player that he is and for the way that this seems to go in the NFL that uh, Tua gets to sit out most of the year and watch and learn instead of being rushed for a team that's, you know, unlikely to make the playoffs, but that Miami was willing to let go of Josh Rosen, even to have him as a third quarterback, I think it makes me pretty feel pretty good about Tua's recovery process, which I think every football fan uh, can be really happy about. Yeah, Josh Rosen is about two years too late on being able to back up Tom Brady. Um, it's it's unfortunate for him. I think it's time to let go of the, unfortunately, let go of the hopes and dreams we had for Chosen Rosen coming out of the draft. It's just too much scar tissue, too much. Uh, he's too far behind the 
the curve behind the ball now. I, I just I don't see a path for him to actually assume a starting NFL job. Just believe, future. Jordan. Let your heart believe. I, I want to believe. I really do. But it's it's tough, man. Um, final bit of breaking news. The Cardinals and DeAndre Hopkins are nearing a long-term deal. Just it's very exciting. Just, no numbers, but uh, not yet. But I just wanted to let the people know. Let the people know that uh, the only man Clark has ever owned a jersey of is getting the deal that he wanted. I really look forward to watching him destroy Richard Sherman. Yeah, that weekend. is actually going to be a lot of fun. I have nothing against Richard Sherman, but it just, ugh. It's going to be fun. Can't wait. Can't wait. And we can't wait to talk to you guys even more when the NFL season is in full swing. Look at that. What a beautiful segue. Really, really Uh, good hosting there, Pete. Just this was all around a great show, you guys. Well done by us. Solid B minus, guys. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the Fake Teams podcast or or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. We are there uh, for more B minus, roughly B minus, B general uh, graded podcast episodes. That's how you not only get us, but also our fantasy baseball and fantasy basketball podcasts. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. You can follow myself at PM Rogers. Follow Clark at NFL Clark and Jordan at Jordan underscore Smith 27. We will be back at you on Thursday to talk starts and sits for week one. Until then, peace.